What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? Awesome, awesome. Uh, Listen, man, I'm so excited about what all is going on here and what's happened in some of your lives through the first couple weeks of overflow. And so I just want to jump right in this morning. But before I do, let me just say, if you're a guest with us, we're so excited that you're here. Thank you for being here. Uh, If you haven't been in a while and you are back, we are so excited that you're back and we have missed you. And so if you've missed the first couple weeks of Overflow, let me tell you what you've missed. Week one, we started the first part of Psalm 23, and it's a very familiar passage. The Lord is my shepherd. I won't want for anything. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And, And what we said that week is I cannot have a life of gratitude if I'm entitled. Entitlement, when it ends, is when gratitude begins. And then, and then week two, yeah, this is last week, we said that, that victories that you've experienced, y'all look this way, victories that you've experienced in your life, successes that we've had, oftentimes are what we look to to get through difficulties. And that's oftentimes what leads us to wrecking the bus. That's oftentimes what leads us to the most difficult times in our lives because we believe that past successes lead us out. And... And what Psalm 23 says is, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear evil, for his rod and his staff comforts me. And that's not saying a death wish or a death hurting time. It's actually a message of hope. And so if you didn't get to hear him, I I encourage you to go back and watch those messages. But today is one I'm particularly excited about, particularly excited about. And it's uh, the third part of our series in verse five. But before I do, I need y'all to talk to me. Y'all did awesome last week. I'm proud of how y'all did. And some of you uh, actually went a little Pentecostal this week on social media and did hashtag. We're getting good at this. This is good. This is good. I'm pretty excited now. So uh, I'm not even going to ask you, but I'm going to ask y'all to do that sometime. Y'all don't actually have to say, well, whatever. But, but please talk uh, because I, I preach better if you give me feedback because I'll know if you're not asleep. So um, The one thing that keeps coming to my mind through this series, and I don't know what it is about this time of year, because this is one of my favorite times of year, but like it was really cold this week, and y'all know what I'm talking about, like the clouds were ashy, so it looked like it should snow, but when it doesn't snow, and it looks like it should, it's kind of like, this is awful, but it's kind of like everyone needs to go to the hospital and get some medicine to make them feel better, because it's that depression time of year, if y'all know what I mean, and so like, that's the one thing that starts, and, and it, you, you just don't feel like taking the world by storm or charging hell with a water pistol is what I always used to hear people say, and I laugh because I was like, I don't know why you do that, but that's awesome. But like, like it, it, we feel better in certain times of year, right? When it's sunny and you're at the beach, you feel full of life and spirit. And so our lives are dictated on how we feel and not the fact that we're in Christ. And it becomes extremely difficult, and our circumstances often lead us to a life that is not full of gratitude, right? So, so the goal of this series is to change the culture of this community as a result of the culture that's inside of each one of you. But let's be honest. Last week, we walked through the valley of the shadow of death. And this week, we're looking at what it looks like to be in the presence of our enemies. If we're being honest, even if it's not like the valley, that's the difficult time. When you're going through the grind of life in November, in difficulties, good or bad, it just seems like it's hard to get up some mornings. Are y'all with me? That's, that's bad. Let's try. Are y'all with me? Yes, good. And y'all could say well, too. That was good, too. So a couple of y'all did. I was appreciative. But like some days it's just really difficult, isn't it? 
and you just don't want to keep going. And then you get faced with something and you're like, pump the brakes, God, I'm not really in on this because I didn't decide this. And last week we told God we were all in because we believed it, because we heard something in the worship or something in the message or something in our time with the Lord. And we were like, yes, that's awesome. I'm in. And then something happens and the difficulties creep in. And I'm like, ooh, pump the brakes. This isn't good anymore because we have to feel the part, right? I don't really like this whole thing of having to go through the motions when I'm not into it. Sometimes it's just hard. So um, some of y'all have heard about our new expansion that we're going to do. I'm very excited about that, by the way, and a little bit overwhelmed <laughs> all at the same time because it's a pretty big undertaking to go next door and to take over that. I believe, I need y'all to hear this, with all my heart that it's God's plan for this church. And I can tell you in boldness that I believe on Christmas Eve, I believe in my heart that we're going to raise the money. Having said that, it's overwhelming. And Lee and I started to pray about what we should do. And um, she had a number and I had a number and it wasn't the same. And uh, sometimes one is more conservative than the other when it comes to money. But like you guys, at the end of the year, it's just not an ideal time. I mean, I'm just, I'm just laying all my cards on the table this morning. It's not the best time for us. And so we started kind of backpedaling, saying maybe we shouldn't do as much as we originally said. Because it wasn't like, if we told you how much it was, and I'm not going to, but if I told you how much it was, none of y'all would go, oh my goodness, they have literally sold everything they have. But it kind of felt that way. It kind of felt that way to us. When you see... Not a lot of zeros in your checking account. It feels like you just sold everything you have, if y'all know what I mean. So, so we set a number and we were like, all right, that sounds good. I don't know how it's going to happen. And we didn't do it like stomp our heels in the ground. It just kind of was that heavy feeling. And we were like, all right, we're going to do it. I re- honestly, I'm not, I'm not making this up, what I'm about to tell y'all. We said, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. All right? I promise y'all this is a true story. And there's a reason I'm telling you this. Not uh, yesterday... But the week before, um, so 10 days ago, let's say, I, I got home and there was a check in the mail. And I opened the check and it was $71 more than what we had prayed about that we were going to give to the church. And it was a pretty significant amount of money. And it was something that I had forgotten about because we were owed it about two years ago. And we laughed and we had a little cry moment. <clears throat> and we looked and said, is this, is this real? And in light of the last sermon series we did, I believed what I was preaching. I'm telling you, I believed it. Like in my heart, <clears throat> I believe it enough to at least say it. If y'all know what I mean, I, I really believed it. But then sometimes God shows up and you don't expect it. I didn't have the money, honestly. I mean, we could have we neglected some things but I didn't have the money, and it was way too much. And, and God came in and said, you know what, man, I got you. There's a principle that I want to share with y'all, and I want to teach it to you because I believe it's different than some of you have heard, and I believe we use it out of context sometimes, but I'm telling y'all, this is a real principle. Sometimes you see people put on social media karma, right? Y'all have seen it. Sometimes y'all say karma. Sometimes you see something happen in a sport or in a job or in something, and you say karma. And we'll use slangs like karmas or something, and we'll, we, and we'll make fun, and we'll do this. And that's an Eastern religion thing, and I don't believe in karma, but I do believe what Paul said in Galatians chapter 6, that we reap what we sow, is a biblical principle that we can live by. 
And I want y'all to get this. I'm not saying that because Leah and I prayed <laughs> that God sent us a check in the mail that was like, is, this is funny. This isn't real. And that I should expect the check every month. Because there's two things when it comes to my offering. Number one, when I tithe to the church, that is not an offering. And that is not being generous. That is being obedient. An offering is above and beyond what God has called me to do and what is already his. And when you make a sacrificial gift in this setting, that's when you reap what you sow. I do not believe that I'm going to get tenfold what I promised God I was going to get or a hundredfold. Y'all have heard that before, right? On TV, if you hear TV preachers, you're going to get a hundredfold, bless God. You're going to have $200 million in your bank account if you'll give us a hundred. Like, if you hear that, please turn the channel because it's nauseating. And, and this is what I really believe, and I'm not bragging on us because I didn't want to write the check. Can I just, I'm just telling you all the truth. I'm, I'm all in, and I'm so excited, and it was difficult for us to say we're going to do it. And I could not be more ready and more excited, and I believe in this thing with blood and sweat and tears. But we just had to say, let's go. That's one example. That's one example. We have at least three or four examples that y'all have emailed that for the first time you started giving, and I... I, I wish I could share every one of them because it's so amazing. I know we got a, a couple ladies in our church that have started visiting, or excuse me, started attending, and they partnered with our church. And last month, they gave for the first time, and they sent us, they sent us an email like a couple weeks later after going through the 90-day giving challenge. They said, you won't believe this, but we didn't have the money in the bank to tithe, and we got two checks in the mail Monday and Tuesday. And I'm just like, you know, when I hear churches that stuff like that happens, I'm like, yeah, that's not real because they're making that up and they're trying to make people feel good because that's, that's the prosperity gospel, you know, like a feel-good message. But this is what I really think it is. This is what I really believe in my heart. And money is not the issue. I just wanted to tell y'all, if you haven't started tithing, be obedient, man, because what God does in your life, and I'm going to show you today, it's amazing. And then pray about what God's going to do. But this is much bigger than that. I really believe in my heart that a grateful heart can find a blessing in almost any situation. In almost any situation in your life, whatever you're facing, wherever you will go, a grateful heart, a heart that is overflowing. More importantly, listen to this, a heart that is in tune with the Lord Jesus can find a blessing in almost any situation. And the first thing that I would say if I was you, when I tell you that if you have a grateful heart, you can find a blessing, is I would say, Pastor, pump the brakes on the grateful heart, finding a blessing because my grandfather just passed away. My mama just passed away. My child has cancer. I lost my job. So you're full of crud, and you're trying to make me feel better in this season that is dark and cold. It's actually bright outside, so that's awesome. Like, it's, it's, it's not a good time of year, right? So, so you're trying to make me feel good, and you're trying to motivate me to go out. You're trying to motivate me to give more. No. Listen to me. Never give us $1 if you think it's motivation for my salary or for anything else. Never do $1. Don't do it for me. Please, please, please. Never, ever, ever. Don't serve this church for me. You will be miserable. Do it for the Lord Jesus who is inside of you. And as a result, what you do is for him, not for me. Please never do it for me and never give for this church. Give for the Lord and we are the vehicle that you give for because this is your house of worship. That's it. But it's bigger than that. I want you to listen to this. Some of you have lost your job. And I thought of this this week and then we actually discussed it yesterday. A family member of mine lost a job just recently. And... Um, it was over a year ago, but it was, it was, it was recent enough to make it stick and where, where it hurts. And it was nothing that he did. And it was absolute 
horse manure. Y'all with me? It was bad. And I remember thinking at the time, I don't know how this is a blessing. Like, this can't be right. Y'all with me? Yes, good. Okay. Let's just make sure y'all were awake. This can't be good, right? This can't, there's no way God is in this. God, what are you doing? This is a good paying, good job. There's no way that you're in this. What is going on? A grateful heart can find a blessing in almost any situation. A year and a half later, he has been elevated to a higher place than he was even close. And the job that he was at laid off half their employees last week. Listen, at the time it looked terrible, but I never saw him look at God and say, "This is te- what are you doing? A grateful heart can find a blessing in almost anything. And, and a year and a half later, he's reaping what he sowed. It is biblical. It is real. It doesn't mean that you will always have a better job. It doesn't mean you always have more money. It means what you are sowing, or excuse me, what you are throwing out and tilling and doing all that, you will sow. God will bless those he can trust with the blessing. But listen, if you believe that you are owed and you look at God whenever any difficulty comes your way, and listen, a a little bit of money in the grand scheme of things is not a difficulty, is it? It's not a big deal. But for us that day, it was a big deal. And God cares about our big deal. And for you, there's much bigger things than you can imagine that. It, it's even bigger than a job. It's a spouse. It's something like that. And you said, there's no way my husband walking out on me is a blessing. Listen to me. Sometimes God's hand of blessing does not look like what ours will be, but it will show up in due season. Paul said, do not get tired of doing good because in due season, you will receive a blessing, a harvest. And so I want you to know about this word blessing because it's going to tie in so well with Psalm 23. Everybody will decide in their life this week if this is your heart based on who you are in Christ or who you are not, this is what's in your heart. So this is what comes out, a blessing. Like I can find the blessing, but I also am a blessing, right? In any situation, because the opposite of a blessing is a curse. And a curse literally translates that I am choosing damnation over someone. Hate and curse and down. And that is our choices. And we look and go, nah, (laughs) like I'm just neutral, right? I'm Switzerland. I'm not into either one of those. I may not have a smile on my face. I may not be a blessing, but I'm not damning someone, right? I'm not cursing them. This is the hard question I'm preaching to myself right now. So if y'all don't want it, I'll give it to myself. This is the hard question that I've asked myself. Do I really believe what Jesus believes about me enough to believe that I can be a blessing to someone even when I'm not feeling it? Because so often I walk into a room and people know where I am in my countenance because of the situations that I'm going through and not the fact that I'm in Christ Jesus. A grateful heart can find a blessing in almost any situation, but an ungrateful heart can find a curse in almost any situation. And it is, it is evident which one I am by my actions and my attitude. And oftentimes people say, I don't think that guy's saved, man, because of the way he acts. And I try to be really careful about being judgmental <laughs> because if I put the same judgment on people that I put on, on other people, if I would put that on myself, I would be in trouble. This is what judgment I want to put on myself right now. The curse that I want to put on myself is... There is none because I'm in Christ Jesus. But the result of that should be that I'm a blessing. 
the overflow doesn't happen because of what I do or what I am or where I'm going, but only because that I am in Christ. And the fact that he loves me no matter what I've done or where I've been, and he looks at me and says, you're my son or my daughter. And this is why I have the hope, not because of my words or my opening, but because of what Psalm 23 verse 5 says. I just want you to see this, and I, I don't know if this is my favorite one, but it's, it's way up there, all right? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup. We should do a sermon series with that, with that name on it. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Overflows. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. So when I, when I was growing up, you know what, I don't need to lie. Two weeks ago, before I preached this message, <laughs> I thought this meant like when you sit down at a table, if you thought that this meant where we eat, y'all need to say, yep. yep. So that's most people. Some of y'all are lying. Like we, we used to, we, I, I thought it was when I sit down at a table and there's enemies sitting at the table with me, right? That's not what it means. This is what it means. This is what a table is. I want y'all to see this. The, the sheep would go through the, the Wadi Kelt, y'all remember last week, in the valleys and all this stuff, and they would find a plateau of land that had grass on it, and that's what a table is. I never knew that was a table. If y'all did, y'all are smarter than me, and we can agree that that's the case, and we probably already knew that. But like, like this, is, this is a table, and this is, what, this is what he was saying. As a shepherd, it made sense to them, especially being in Israel, that it would have made sense to them. You're preparing a table before me, in the presence of my enemies, there's sheep and wolves. And when the wolves are around their sheep, that's the enemy or, or whatever other animal it was. We know lions were in that, in that day were around and they would kill the sheep. And he's saying, look, you've prepared this for me and they're all around me. And at the end of the day, and I find that fascinating, by the way, can I just say that? Um, it gives a context for the John 10 part that we're going to that is fascinating Absolutely fascinating. And then this is the part of Psalm 23 that I love. And in context with what I just told you about a grateful heart can find a blessing in almost any situation, I want you to keep this in your mind as we're going through the scripture today and keep, keep thinking about this. But I want you to think about you. Where you are in your life, do you understand that throughout the valley and the difficulty and the journeys that you're going through, when we say, God, I want out. Look at what I'm dealing with. Why am I still here? He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies and he anoints your head with oil and your cup as a result, your cup overflows. So where does the overflow actually come from in my life? Like I want this overflow thing you've been talking about. I want a grateful heart. I want to find these blessings. So where does it actually come from? What does it actually look like to have a cup overflowing? This is so cool that I... I don't know why I didn't know these things because I feel like I should have because I was in the plays when I was a little kid and I was a shepherd, right? I mean, we, were, we had like the headdress thing on, right? So shouldn't I have known this? This feels like good context to know what a shepherd's like because I was in like we like sheep and stuff, so I should have known that stuff, you know? Like I don't even, y'all don't even know what I'm talking about, but it's good. So like, like I should have known these things. The, the oil at the end of the day was for two reasons. One, it was to keep the mosquitoes away or any of those kind of insects. And so they would pour it over the sheep and it would keep the bugs away. But it was also, at the end of the day, 
because they would have wounds on them. I mean, if you're walking through the Wadi Kelt or the valley, and that's often what they had to do to travel, they would get cuts, and they would go through, I mean, just little things. And he would pour it over them and down their bodies, and then he would, he would, he would give it to them, and it would heal their wounds, and it would help them, and it would coat them, and it would make them comfortable to be able to find rest. And then he had another bucket that was equal in size that he would find them water, and they would have water to drink and water to pour over their head to wash it off, and they had oil on them, and every day he anointed their heads with oil when they needed it. Now listen, in your life, when you have a scrape, right? Because it happens. Like all of you, if you're not in the valley today, you're going there. You're headed on a crash course for a difficulty. And, and giving an offering is not a difficulty, Pastor Mark. I agree. Like it's weak on my part. But I was like, we're going to do this thing. And I'm excited about what we're going to do. But that's tough because it's a lot more than I have. And I don't think God giving us the amount of money that we were going to give is like, it's the biggest win in my life. It's just the hand of God that I see. And I'm like, thank you for anointing my head with oil and my cup overflowing so I can do more. Because I'm not giving what I was going to give. I'm giving more. I'm excited to, to give more now. And in your life, it's much more than just money, isn't it? And when we look and say, I got to fix this problem, I got to fix this problem, this is a problem that I need to fix. I got this so much schoolwork, or, or I'm a nurse, or I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a doctor. I work construction, and I've got a deadline, and I don't know if I can get through it. I work in the restaurant business, and if you knew the hours that I had in the next two months, you can't imagine it. I've got to get through this. I've got so much schoolwork, Pastor Mark. If you knew my college load that I have right now, you wouldn't even, I'm going to fix it. He anoints your head with oil. You got to rest in him like it cannot happen because of you. But I really think this is my favorite part of the message because it ties everything in and it shows you. And it's Jesus looking back on Psalm 23 and teaching. And he's talking to the religious leaders to put it in context. His disciples, of, of course, are there. But in John 10, and we've looked back at it the last couple of weeks, but today's is such a beautiful picture of what the table actually was and what it meant and how a grateful heart can find a blessing in almost any situation. This is how. This is why. This is the result of which it comes from. John chapter 10. John chapter 10, starting in verse 7, it says, Jesus said to them, as they were talking, as they were going through, it says, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly. Do y'all know what truly, truly means? Y'all can talk. What does it mean? What, someone say, what, it, what does truly, truly mean? It means truly, truly. Like, this is for real. Like, some of y'all got that. Really, really, like, listen, this is it. This is it. He's emphasizing it. But it really means truly, truly. I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. This is something interesting here. You know who he's talking about when he says thieves and robbers? I always used to think it was like Satan and bad people. He's actually talking to the people that are listening to him, the false prophets and the teachers and the, the people that are giving false hope and, and, and cursing in an area that could be a blessing. And he's saying, all of you guys, man, y'all are, are thieves and robbers. You're trying to take the glory from God. God is the one who gets the glory. No man deserves more honor or glory than the king of kings. He is the one that deserves all the glory and honor. But they've been thieves and robbers. And here's why. The sheep did not listen to them. But this is what happened. 
He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, now listen, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will be saved. That word saved, as I was growing up, and and I still use it because of the way that I grew up, and I'm grateful for this, but I always used to think saved was like pulled out of, right? He was saved from a fire. Y'all with me? So he's pulled out from it. That doesn't, that's not what the word means in itself. It means pulled out from and delivered to. Did you know that? It's not, just, it's not just what I'm saved from. So many times in our lives, I need you to hear this, so many times in our lives what we, when we think about God, we say, thank you for saving me from hell. Listen, he didn't save you from hell to let you do your thing. He saved you from hell, yes, but he delivered you to freedom and hope. He didn't just die for you, he lives for you. And it says, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in. And what's this say? This is interesting. He will come in, but he will also, what does it say? He'll go out and find pasture. He doesn't just get saved out of the problem. We're not monks. Listen, we are not monks that sit in a room and we're saved from this horrible, bad world. God, thank you, Jesus. I don't have to. No, he saves us from it. He delivers us to freedom. And then he says, go back out. You are saved in to go out. You keep, it's not like a one-time thing and then it's a force field and we're crossed out. Do not be in the world. Do not talk to them. As a matter of fact, go. Do love, be a blessing, love on them. Don't curse the people that don't get it. And, And here's the deal. Why would they want it? When they look at us and they say, they don't find a blessing in almost any situation. They're ungrateful. Why would I want to be ungrateful? It just kind of downs my life. It makes it worse. They'll find pasture. And then you've heard this verse, if you've heard Scripture very much at all, but it's kind of taken out of context a lot of times. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, and then we read just this part, don't we? The second part of John 10, 10. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. But when you take it in the context of what it really was meant by, you have to cross over the door that is the Lord Jesus. And then back and forth, it's through his door that we receive the abundant life, not through any other way, not by any means of what you've done. So listen to this. No matter who you are, we're honored that you're here. And I mean that with all my heart. We're honored that you've decided to worship with us today. But abundant life overflow, anointing will never happen in your life if it's not done by the threshold of the Lord Jesus. Because this is what the threshold of the Lord looks like and this is why I love this part so much. Remember that table? He prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemy. This is really what it looked like in the days of Jesus. All of them looked differently. Sometimes it was caves, by the way. Sometimes it was caves, but the shepherd's job was to set up a parameter around the sheep and the goal was to protect them but the sheep didn't just stay in there you know like they had to go out they had to move and as they moved they would find new tables to prepare before them in the presence of their enemies there is difficulties in life and there's enemies in this world that are much bigger than your neighbor that dislikes you or that co-worker that talks about you or that ex that that brings you down all the time or that job that you can't stand There's darkness in this world that is bigger than any of us and we cannot imagine what it would possibly look like if we could see it because your soul is at stake in the Lord Jesus and his army is fighting for you on your behalf. 
But this is good, man. This is good. I fall all the time, man. I get so frustrated. This is why no one can have my soul. They can take me down. And I can be talked about. And I'm not emotional because of that. I haven't been talked about. But no matter what happens to my life and no matter how far I fall, this is what I know. I have entered through the gate, through the door. And I am his and he is mine because I have trusted the Lord Jesus as my Savior. And as I cross over, I am his as I cross over. And I go out not because of what I do, but because of what he's done in me. As a result of that, I want to live for Christ. It is not my definition what I do that makes me who I am, but the fact that I've entered through the door. And this is what I found fascinating about this picture. I am the door, whoever enters by me. Shepherds would set up this place, and oftentimes it was caves because they didn't have to set anything up, but in a table, in a plateaued area, where there were enemies all around, they would set this up, and they would always leave the door open, always. And they would sleep in the threshold of the door. And obviously this is animated, but this is what it would have looked like. And I just pictured King Jesus who laid his life down for his sheep last week and who, who died the worst death to ever be done to any human being that will ever die. But I need you to get this. It wasn't so that I could be saved from hell and it wasn't so I could be saved to a life of prosperity. It was so that I could be saved from hell to a life of overflowing joy to honor his father, God. Everything that was done was done to honor God so that we could have the experience and the opportunity to have life. It is not so that I just get saved from something or not so that I just have more of something. It is so that I can have life and freedom. Think about this. He wants us to be saved, not just so we can be freed from something that's bad, but so we can be a blessing in every part of our lives. I'm telling y'all right now, the moment that we walk out of this house and we say, I will find a blessing in almost any situation because I have freedom in Christ Jesus. I know things stink sometimes at your work or at your home and you fight with your spouse. If you don't, you need to come up here and tell us how you do it because that's awesome, right? It's going to happen. It's life. But freedom is not what you've done, but what you've crossed over. And this is what you've crossed over, death to life. And it is not anything that you've done other than say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I'm out here and I'm alone and I'm wandering and I may have people all around me, but the truth is I don't know what it's like to have life and freedom and your security, but you don't keep me here to stay here. You keep me here to go out and always cross over you and be in you, in Christ Jesus. And this is what you have to answer for yourself. When people see you, friend, regardless of your background, where you come from or what your name is, who you are, do they think of Mark Pangle and say, that dude, he finds a blessing in almost any situation because he goes through difficulties, but he allows the Lord to anoint his head with oil and his cup overflows. It is not what I have done. Listen, if y'all miss this, you've missed everything. It is not what I've done. It is not what I'm doing this moment <laughs> that makes me good. There is no difference between what I'm doing and what you're doing as far as on the good scale. We are very far from God, naturally speaking. What makes me good is one thing, I'm in Christ. 
And the result of what I'm doing is I'm following God's plan for my life. And I believe many of you are doing the same thing. And God doesn't look at me and go, that dude's preaching, that's awesome. But y'all aren't doing that. He looks at us and goes, you're my daughter and you're my son and you're in Christ. Listen, listen. Man, the minute that we get this and realize that it's because I crossed through the door of the Lord Jesus and I said, I am a sinner, I am filthy and vile. I don't understand this and why you love me, but I trust you and I give you my life for the rest of my life, not to earn your favor, but as a result, I'm gonna live for you. And I love you. Guys, I'm telling you, and I don't know if people believe this because I don't think I believed it for a long time. The minute that this is the reality in our lives, we change the world. I'm serious. This isn't a motivational speech. This isn't like, now go out and do it. Right? I hope we do. But this is like legit. Why don't people want what we have? Because I don't think they look at me and say, that dude's grateful in almost any situation and I wish I could have the joy that he can have in almost anything. He has life that I do not understand because he doesn't just cross over the door and stay in a bubble. He crosses over the door and he's saved to life, to freedom in Jesus Christ. If you leave with anything, leave with this. A grateful heart can find a blessing in almost any situation. There's only one avenue that you can find that way. A grateful heart can find a blessing in almost any situation, but the way that that comes is in Christ Jesus. You have to pass over the door. You have to pass over the door. That's the only possible solution. The only possible solution is through Christ Jesus. So can you be honest with me this morning with your eyes open? Can you be honest with me? When people see you, friend, do they see a woman, a lady, a beautiful person that's clothed in the glory of the Lord Jesus, or do they see a person that is ungrateful, therefore cursing with their body language, if nothing else? It is not about a personality type, because <laughs> I hope, because I'm angry a lot of times in my personality, and I want to get even. But what I've found is that when it doesn't happen, I can look at people and say, I'm just being honest with you, it ain't me. It's Christ in me. And when people look at you, sir, do they see a father that loves his children and a brother that loves his brothers and a man that leads well because you are in Christ? The only hope we have in this world is that we have walked through the threshold of the Lord Jesus, that he laid his life down for his sheep. And we say, I trust you as my savior and you alone. And as a result, I will be overflowing with my life and have a life of gratitude that others will want. Guys, you can leave here and never be the same if you're in Christ. Will you bow with me? Just briefly, I just want your honesty with your heads bowed and eyes closed. Pastor Mark, I am sure in my heart, I know that I know that I know that I have trusted the Lord Jesus as my Savior and Lord, and I am in Christ Jesus. I was not just saved from hell, but I was saved to him and I've given him my heart and life. If that's you, as high as you can, I know that I know I am saved. I want you to raise as high as you can. Raise your hand. I know that I'm saved. Just your honesty, as high as you can. I just want you to keep them up. I know that I'm saved. Pastor Mark, that's me. I'm saved. Will you put your hands down? Six people did not raise their hands. I'm not going to call any of you out. My intent is not to embarrass you. My question is, with love in my heart and compassion in my soul, I'm asking you today, is your pride worth keeping you not only from heaven, but from freedom in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to try to scare the Hades out of you, 
I'm going to try to give you the hope of glory today. We have volunteers in the back that want to speak to you. Only thing I'm going to ask of you is for you to throw your hand up as high as you can and say, Pastor Mark, more than anything in this world, I want Christ Jesus to save me and to free me. That's all I'm asking right now. Just slip your hand up as high as you can and say, Pastor Mark, that's what I want for my life. I want to be saved right now, wherever you are all over the room. Of the six of you, does anyone want to say, that's me? That's me, Pastor Mark. I need Jesus. We are not here to embarrass you. We're here to give you this freedom of overflow. So wherever you are, if that's what you want to do, I just want you to throw your hand up and say, Pastor Mark, that's me. That's me. I want to be clothed in glory in Christ Jesus. God, for the people in this room that don't know you, I pray that you will put a burden on their heart that is so, so deep it will it will burden them to the point that they are up at night even until they know you. Not so they're miserable, but so that they, so that they become in you. God, Jesus told us that you stand at the door and knock. And if anyone enters by you, we have freedom. God, I believe in this room there's people who you're standing at the door and knocking. And through Christ, we will be saved. And I pray that you'll do that in their lives and in their hearts. God, I'm so thankful that you don't judge me based on what I was or even what I perceive myself to be, but what I am in you. I love you, Jesus. And I'm so thankful for that name that is above every name, every name in this world, that every knee will bow and tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. God, everything that we do in this house, we do because of Jesus to honor and glorify you. And we love you, Jesus. Amen. Will you guys stand? And as we close, close today, I just want to tell you guys we love you. We are so excited about what God is doing. And listen, a grateful heart finds a blessing in any situation. Let's go be a blessing in a world that needs it.